All right, Jonathan, why don't you go ahead and give me, yeah, thank you. All right, before I uh, want to just recognize Art and Pastor Dale and John Malloy and others, you know, as I was preparing this week, I thought about all the people, I thought, wow, I'm going to, I asked to preach. Uh, Dale definitely had a, a message in mind and prepared to go, but I, I asked, the Lord just encouraged me to insert myself, and Dale was gracious. But I think about all the people that every week sit before God to prepare a message. Arthur, every week with the youth. John Malloy, every week with the youth. Every Wednesday with Awana. For, I, I just thank you for, for your willingness to do that. Hey, I, um, I, I prepared myself some notes. I dropped it off with Jonathan back in the sound booth so I could follow along. He went, wow, a dissertation. I said, yeah, well, we got, we got all day. It's, it's going to be fine. All right, good. Hey, you just heard him singing. You were probably even singing along because you thought, those are really cool words. I believe everything that you say you are, I believe, and I have seen your unchanging heart in the good things and the hardest part, I believe whatever, yeah, I believe and I will follow you. Nah. Okay, she does. There's, there's one of us, and that's good, because there needs to be one of us in this room that does it. Hey, I want to help you this morning understand why sometimes that song, while it's great to sing, is a challenge on Monday. So Pastor Dale was gracious enough, and I really appreciate that, that your pastors here, especially Pastor Dale, will, um, will make themselves transparent to you. Um, I spoke with a lady today or this week who said, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a challenging time and I'm going to get involved in a life group as soon as I get my act together. Uh, and I said, no, 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 the life group is for people who do not have their act together to help them get their act together through the biblical lens of Jesus and with encouragement. So Pastor Dale stood up before you last Sunday at the end of the service and, and pretty much said something to this effect. Um, this is how my life sometimes is, folks. I pray, Lord, thank you for the worship time and the message today. I believe you, inspired by the Holy Spirit and your word, I'm committing to do blank, 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 blank this week. And then Pastor Dale said, and you know, I, I come back seven days later and here's my prayer. Good morning, Lord. Uh, I know it's been a week. Uh, and even though I believe you, not once did I do the things I committed to last Sunday. I'm sorry. Thank you for your grace and forgiveness. Help me believe you more. So we're going to invite Dale to come up here, and he's going to be your object lesson today because he laid himself out there last week and said, I don't understand why it happens this way. And so we're going to see if we can figure out Dale's mind, all right? <laughs> so I want, I want to maybe help you understand why it happens, what God's really trying to do about it, how we can best cooperate with him in the effort. I'll warn you up front, I'm going to talk a lot about how the mind works. Oh, psychobabble. No, if you don't understand how your mind works, you won't understand the scripture I'm going to put up there on the screen. Also, I'm going to share a lot of information. Okay, uh, and if you want to write some of it down, and I'll even tell you a few things I'd really like you to write down, but uh, I'd rather you pay attention and then email me and say, send me this, and I'll gladly email it to you, okay? So, some verses from James to get us going. Jesus, I believe, but... 
Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, or the word endurance. Perseverance must finish its work. It's got a job to do, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. I'm going to, but I didn't. I'm going to, but I can't. That man should not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So, the issue is double-mindedness. And double-mindedness uh, is the state of simultaneously, at the same time, holding two absolutely opposing beliefs or viewpoints. Simultaneously holding two opposing beliefs. And if you're going, well, I heard Dale last week talk about that. He is really a double-minded man. We ought to pray for him. You're double-minded. I'm double-minded. He said that last week, and I went, oh, know it, feel it, say it sometime, double-minded. You know, we all are believing something. Doubt is not an absence of belief. Doubt is believing in something else more than this. You're all believing. We're all believing something. So, what are we believing? Ah, let's, let's get the core beliefs. Hey, uh, those of you who are my, my memories, come on over here and just kind of stand right there. I invited you to be a memory. Yeah, yeah, you just stand right there. I'll invite you up on the stage in a minute. Excellent, here come my memories. I'd really love them to be childhood memories, but, you know, getting, getting five kids to sit on this stage for... Huh? Cheryl Yoke's going, no way, that would have never worked. Glad you didn't do that. I'd have had to been embarrassed. Yeah, I understand that exactly. Okay, our core beliefs, my core beliefs, your core beliefs are like a pair of glasses that we put on as a child. Things happen to us, and as they happen, we try to figure out why they happened. Why did this happen is one of the subconscious questions that gets asked, asked, asked from the time we're little children all the way up, but especially up through age 12. Now, you see that most of them are distorted, but not all of them are. Let's get Lance to come on up here. Lance, you come up here. Lance's parents endeavor to raise him to, to understand about Jesus, uh, to affirm him in kind of who he is. Lance gets white glasses because he, he sees pretty clearly they are a lens through which he views life, but uh, they've made a real effort. They've been really diligent to, as things happen, and actually this is, this is Dale at a younger age. Can you see that? <laughs> as things happen in Dale's life, okay, his mom, I, you know, I know she loves Jesus, and oh, by the way, most of what I'm going to share about Dale is totally hypothetical, okay? <laughs> don't, don't read into it. This is just for illustration only, Okay. But, but his mom does a good job, you know, of teaching him about Jesus and, and trying to be involved in his life. And so, you know, he gets white glasses, kind of like Lance gets white glasses. But these are not the majority. The majority of them are, are over here. As we interpret life, we put on a distorted lens that tends to magnify everything I see, because 
It's the lens through which I view life. And it makes little things, you know, we sometimes go, why are you having such a big reaction to that? It's, it's no big deal. It makes little things look like monsters. So let's have some things happen to Dale. Okay? Um, oh, well, and you can come pick your own color, all right? Okay? Uh, so John, you get to be, uh, John, the drum player, gets to be, uh, Dad gives all his attention to my younger athletic brother. There you go. Put those lenses on. Take a seat, man. After that, everything he looks at says, you know, unless you're athletic, I'm smart as a whip, but unless you're athletic, you don't, you don't really matter. You're not worth much. Ooh, ooh. Oh, Arthur, come on up here. Tell us all about, you know, uh, elementary school playground or the middle school gym. <laughs> yeah, sit on down. You clumsy fool, you. Hey? And he gets laughed at and he gets left out uh, because he, he's, he's a little uncoordinated and, and geeky, okay? Uh, yeah, all right. So, well, come on, come on up here, Lance, you know. Uh, he's been telling mom about his uncle who's been touching him inappropriately and mom does nothing. Sit on down, Lance. Lance puts on a lens that says, I'm not worth protecting. Even when bad things are happening to me, no one's there to protect me, and now that things have happened to me and no one protected me, I, I'm, I'm dirty, and I'm... I'm oh, okay. And the last one is... Oh, this is... Mike Malloy, this is incredibly appropriate, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> My dad recuts the lawn after I finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and thereafter... Okay. The view is, if I don't do it perfectly, then even my own dad isn't going to approve. And, or I have to be perfect, or I'm never good. You get it? You see it? And now this is the lens through which they view life. And all of a sudden, little things say, yeah, oh yeah, I remember, I'm not, I'm not good. Oh yeah, I'm not worth protecting. Oh yeah, I'm not. Oh yeah, I'm not. So the lens of life. So Dale has all, all of these things that have been piled into his life. Now, wouldn't it be great if we could leave the lenses behind when we, you know, grow up, but we don't. Okay, so here's the next one. Core beliefs, these, these guys right here. My core beliefs, formed pretty much by age 12, uh, really fall into two categories. They are self-identity, who I am, or state of being. Now, I'm going to run a list. Some of you will recognize these. Don't write these down. I'll send them to you in an email, okay? Self-identity or state of being. See if you can figure out which of these it is. I'm not worth providing for. I'm not worth caring for. I'm not worth fighting for. There's something wrong with me. I'll never amount to anything. I'm not good enough to love. I'm not good enough to stay with. I'm not good enough to care about. I'm trapped in a cycle. I'm stuck here forever. There's no hope for me. I'm too much to handle. I'm an overwhelming burden. I'm too weak and emotional. I'm tainted and dirty. This is all I'm good for. Okay, some of you don't need to write those down, do you? Sadly, those beliefs over here affect my work, my marriage, my parenting, and most significantly, my relationship with God. Because sometimes, if I'm not good enough for my dad, then I'm probably, how can I possibly be good enough for God? Because he's perfect. And I know my dad's a man, but... And as we view life through the distorted lenses, we start to come up with distorted conclusions and behaviors. And you know, you're not even aware these things are happening because they happen inside your
your mind. But here's what comes up. I will never cry. I'll never ask for help. Anger is the best way to prove I matter. I've got to take care of myself. I must give my pers- myself to the first person who says they love me. I cannot let anyone see who I really am. There's no more, there's no point in trying to do better than just getting by. I'm going to have to be perfect for God to accept me. God doesn't want me. Now, all of those things are setting in this man's experience as he's growing up, and he's, he's wrestling with them. He's aware of them, but he's, he's putting on the, the brave front that we all tend to do, hoping that when he grows up, it'll all be better. Regrettably, we usually still wear our core belief glasses well into our adult life. We might get up and say, I'm going to take this one off, but it's stuck. You didn't know that. It's stuck. When I put it on, it's there. And as much as I don't like it and I try to take it off, it's there. And it's the roots of my double-mindedness. Okay, Jeff, start walking, buddy. But one day, somewhere along the path, I learn about Jesus. Because see, up, up to this point right here, it's just been... Dale and his life and his beliefs and college and Florida State University. And, you know, the root of his problems is he went to the wrong school. But we'll, okay. So come on up here. Uh, Jeff's going to represent when, when Dale meets Jesus. He, and you may recall from a previous episode uh, that, that this is Judas Iscariot and he was really mean he was really mean to Nancy, nice Nancy, but I led him to Jesus, and now he's all better, okay? But this is Dale who meets Jesus. He, he, he learns about him. He, he makes an intellectual decision to choose faith. I'm going to place faith in Jesus because I've been reading my Bible, and that makes sense. And so I choose to do that. And a whole lot happens in the moment that Dale does that. Uh, more than he's probably aware of. In fact, he'll become more and more aware in his journey of what happened in the moment that he placed faith in Jesus as he reads his Bible more and more and more. But let me run a list for you of things that happened in that moment. All his sin was forgiven. The Holy Spirit came to live in his body. He became a new creation. He is no longer a slave to sin. He has great value as an adopted child and co-heir with Jesus. Without him, without Jesus, Dale can do nothing, but he realizes that with Christ, I can do all things. If I acknowledge him, Dale learns, if I acknowledge him in all my ways, he's going to direct my paths. I'm saved by grace, so I can stop working to try and earn God's acceptance. I can cast all my cares on him. I don't have to worry because he cares for me. I'm never alone. I'm never unloved. And because of what Christ did in Christ, I'm good enough for God. I'm cleansed from all unrighteousness by the blood of Christ. (sighs) Dale says, this is good. This is good. (laughs) Because I believe God and what he says about me, this week, 
This week, I'm going to choose to forgive so I can release my anger. Tomorrow, I'm going to tell my mistress the adultery is over. Next week, I'm going to bring an offering, maybe even something around 10%. I'm going to share about Jesus with at least one person this week. I'm going to consult Jesus about everything I do and lean on him. This week, I'm going to count it all joy no matter what happens. Uh, Not so fast. Remember these guys? Uh, They've got some strong opinions to share about all of those things that Dale just said he was going to do. They say, you can believe Jesus all you want. I believe this more. This is the struggle inside of each one of us. I believe Jesus, but I believe this more. And so the lenses over here start talking. Wait a minute. Without anger, we'll be weak and vulnerable. We need to protect ourselves because no one ever has. We can't walk away from our mistress. If we're not with her, we'll never be loved again. We're lucky to have her. God doesn't really care about us. Where was he when we were being hurt as a child? We can't trust him to take care of our financial needs. We can't tell someone about Jesus. We need to get our act together first. Without Jesus, we can do nothing? Think, think. We've had to take care of ourselves since our birth parents rejected us. Really? Really? Count it joy when life is hard? If we were worth loving and caring about, bad things wouldn't happen to us. Because God wouldn't let them. Okay. How does Dale know that he's believing these things? Because he feels them. He feels them. And... If you don't write anything else down, write this one down in your note. I feel, I feel what I believe. Not what I want to believe. Not what I'm trying to believe. But what I really believe. I feel what I believe. The, the emotions are like a thermometer of what I really believe. They tell me about this crowd of people over here. So it's important that I understand that those emotions are a thermometer of my system. And and there's a difference, see, there's a difference about an observation and a feeling. I feel like my parents didn't want me. That may be true. You may go to your parents and say, did you want Dale? And they say, no, yuck, we gave him away. So it may be true. That's an observation. The feeling is, I wasn't worth keeping. I wasn't worth loving. That's where the emotion comes from. It's not the circumstance that occurred. It's the lenses that I put on that help me explain why the circumstance occurred. So I need to be aware that what I feel is what I believe. So when Dale gets up and says, this week because I, I believe, I'm going to tell my mistress it's over. And his emotions over here go, no, 
will feel abandoned and empty. And the emotions are very strong. So suddenly, the Christian life looks like this. Love you, Jesus. I'm believing. This week, I'm gonna. And we're just dragging everything. Now, what's the Christian's answer to this dilemma? Must try harder. Okay, you get it? I know that's true. Heck with you over there. That's just poop over there. Okay, I know this is true. So I'm going to try harder. Thank you, Arthur, for sharing about Dave McIntyre. So let's all try harder this week to be like Dave. No, no, no. You were thinking it. Some of you were thinking it. Yet you heard Arthur say, in the midst of really ugly, Dave says, believe. And so you're over there going, I need to be more like Dave. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try harder. Well, that's what life will end up looking like for you. That's what life ends up looking like for me. Because try harder is not going to work. Oh, and you know what? I need, Dale needs a solution. Dale needs a solution for the pain he feels. I don't like how it feels. So uh, I need a solution, something that will make it go away or seem to go away. I'm desperate to find a solution for these emotions and beliefs so that I can keep them under control. Most, I, I was tempted to say all, but most sin is simply a solution for these. It's something I can do so that I don't have to feel them so much. Pornography is a solution. Prolonged anger, I'm just angry, that's just the way God made me. No, he didn't. Prolonged anger is a solution. Isolation is a solution. Playing the victim so people will give you sympathy is a solution. Lying is a solution. Adultery is a solution. Okay, okay. I don't do any of those things. Well, okay, let me throw these. You can think about these. Always volunteering is a solution. I feel bad if I say yes, but I feel bad if I say no. So I must volunteer so I don't feel bad. Oh, young people. Well, dating is a solution. Roll that one around your head for a minute. I'm 16 and I'm deeply in love. Okay, that's good. When are you going to get married? Oh, I would never get married until I'm 22. Well, then what are we doing for six years? We're solving an internal issue. Possibly. Hmm. Okay, now we tend to focus on all those behaviors. Pornography, bad. Isolation, not good. Lying, mm, sin. Adultery, definitely sin. But see if you can follow this. This is kind of like Paul writing the things I do, I don't do. Okay, here it is. While the problem, adultery, while the problem is a problem, it is not the real problem, but a means to solve the real problem. Now, we need to deal with it, 
okay? If you're busy looking at pornography, uh, then we need to help you journey out of that decision, okay? But to say, aha, now that you're not looking at pornography, it's all better. No, because now you're drinking. Because I still need a solution to them. And very often, sin is that solution. Ooh, there's another interesting thing about this. This is where the demons are most active. The demons are tormenting me. I need deliverance. No, you don't. No, you don't. Okay. Why are the demons tormenting Dale? Because of these guys. I, I believe I'm not worth caring for. I, I believe I'm too big of a burden for God to love. I believe I'm... Uh, you know, tainted, I believe, I believe, I believe, and the demons say, you're right. Did you see what he said to you today? Did you, did you hear that? She doesn't like you. And that's where they work. They're not going to work over here. You've got this one locked relatively good. The problem is for all of us is that I believe this, but I believe this more. Otherwise, I'd be telling my mistress tomorrow that we're over. Okay, that's where the demons work. Mm, so what do we do to get rid of demons? Well, it might be good if we just shot all of them. Boom, 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 boom. The sooner, not, the sooner what they believe is resolved, the less the demonic torment in a person's life will be especially in a believer. So what's God's solution? See, isn't it just like him to have a, wow, look at me, I put a musical note in there. Huh. Okay, must submit more. Must be apparently what that means. God says, no, 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 I don't need you to work harder. I need you to submit more. James 4, 7 and 8 says, submit yourselves to God. Humble yourselves. Submit yourselves to God. Bring this load of garbage and submit it to me and purify your hearts, you double-minded people. Okay? That, yeah, yeah, will continue to grow in that. But this is what's slowing you down. Bring this to me. Romans 12, 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes, yes, yes. Throwing the intellectual, good Bible, brought his Bible, good man. Okay? And I'm all about the Bible. I love the Bible. Learning more about Jesus is part and an essential part of the journey of life. But believing Jesus is an issue over here. This is what prevents me very often, most of the time, from doing what I believe I want to do. God says, don't try harder, submit more. Bring this stuff to me. I don't want to. It feels bad. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, but God says, you know, this is where the demons are most busy. And in a believer's life, this is where the Holy Spirit's most busy. Illuminating the truth in the arena of the lie. Be transformed. Change this part. Oh, in Ephesians 1.17, Paul says, I, I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom. Revealing revelation that you may know him better. Not know about him more. Know him better. I'm too bad for God. I'm too tainted for God. He doesn't care about me. No, we need to know him better. Demons work here. Holy Spirit works here. But we're busy over here sometimes trying harder. I'm going to be like Dave McIntyre. Okay? 
Love you, Dave. But you get it, right? You're hearing me. So how's God going to reveal these guys? Because I may not even know they're there, or I may have an inkling they're there, and I just kind of turn my chair, and I don't want to... And God says, no, I've started a good work in you, believer, and I'm going to continue that work until the very end. It'd be great if you cooperated with me. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop because you won't cooperate. Remember when we counted all joy when trials. Anything that exposes my actual beliefs and associated behavior is a trial. And God loves trials, apparently. Okay? Because he wrote, consider it pure joy. Just a reminder, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops endurance, perseverance, and it will help you be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And so perseverance, endurance, interesting word in the Greek. It's a peaceful place in the middle of what's going on. Trials develop peace in the middle of the trial because I am confident that what God of what God is doing. Now, trials. Ooh, there's an ominous word. It's big and scary. I don't like trials. Well, not all the trials are big and scary, folks. You may say, well, I've not been under any trials. I, yeah, but these guys get exposed in little ways. Ooh, try these. You're a parent with a preschooler going through a season of defiance. That's a trial because it brings up these guys. I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. I need to be perfect. And my child's not acting perfectly. Ah, emotion. Okay, oh, the affirming words from an from a other sex co-worker is a trial. No, it isn't. I just did a good job and she said so. Yeah, right. Realizing you can erase your internet site history is a trial. The beggar at Publix can be a trial. See, they're not always big and scary, but they reveal these things. How do, you mean, how do we know they reveal those things? Because you get emotional. You have a response that doesn't look like what Jesus says your responses ought to look like. The thing you say to that beggar and the look you give him because he puts the heavy on top of the light is not coming from here. Okay? So, what's God doing when he's bringing trials? He's purifying my faith. It's not that Dale lacks faith. He's got faith in Jesus. You know he's got faith in Jesus. He believes Jesus. But everything on the stage, not just that part, everything on the stage is a picture of my faith. It's not that I lack faith. It's that my faith is has impurities in it. And God brings trials to, to expose the impurities so that they can be removed. Gold, we want gold to be more pure. We ore it, or we, you know, we, we mine it as ore, and then we purify it. We do it by putting it under intense heat that, that surfaces the dross. Isn't that a great word? I love the word dross. The scum, the impurities to the top. Why do they do that? Because once the dross is visible, someone can skim it off, and then it becomes more and more and more pure. It's not, not gold. 
because it has impurities. It is gold, it just has impurities. And our effort with gold is to make it more pure. And so we heat it on up, melt it on down, and skim the dross. Now, you know, like I said, God's really at work whether you want him to be at not. Cooperating with God is going to be really, really important because if I melt gold and I get the dross up to the top, yay, and then I don't scrape it off and I turn off the heat, it all goes back in. Now it's a solid piece of gold with impurities. So God says, here, let me bring trials to your life. Look what you believe. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing until it goes away. Okay, good. And there they are. There they still are. Okay? The renewing of my mind, the purifying of my faith is what God has in mind for you and I. How do I know that? Because he says, I desire truth. Dale, I desire truth in your inmost being. Show us that slide there, Jonathan. Psalm 51. God desires truth in his inmost being. Now, this part is in the brain right here. Brain, smart. But that's not what God's talking about. God's talking about you can get truth by reading your Bible. Good for you. I desire truth in your inmost being. And you're going to have to present that to me. You're going to have to be available. Paul says, I keep asking. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. It's God's work. It's not my work. It's not try harder. It's be available. Acknowledge this. Let God have it because he wants to. So what's it look like? Jesus, what do you want the Holy Spirit to reveal to me about the things I believe? I need to just spend some time going, let's see. What did, what did Jim say? He says, my, my feelings and emotions reveal what I believe. My emotion was this. What's my belief? Oh, now, see, that's going to take time. I haven't got time to get holy. Well, then stay impure. I don't like thinking about those things. Well, then stay impure. Well, I, but God says, I desire truth in your inmost being. How about opening up your inmost being Tell me what's there. Ah, Jesus, I'm sorry. I believe that if I don't have a mistress, no one's going to love me. I believe if I don't give myself to that, that boy that I'm dating in high school, that, that no one's going to want me. I, you get it? And on and on it goes. And that's what we need to bring to Jesus. Because you see, the problem, for most all of us in the room, the problem is not here. Most of you have a relationship with Jesus. Most of you have been reading your Bible or had your Bible taught to you. Most of you believe some stuff about Jesus. I believe, I believe, no, no, no. You sang it, you liked it, it was catchy rhythm. You're going to give up your mistress this week. You're going to quit lying. You're going to tell someone about Jesus. You're going to bring an offering. You're going... The problem's not here. The problem's with and you all got them. Otherwise, you would do all the things you committed to do last week. So I want to encourage you as, as we journey with God that if you want to stand up one week as Dale did and say, you know, 
I believe you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit's inspiring, and the Word is motivating me, and so I'm going to go do this. And you get to, to the end of the week, or you get to where you're actually going to do it, and you go, ooh, no, 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 no. Don't waste that moment. That moment will tell you a whole lot about what you really believe. And you have an opportunity to go, wow, man, I'm going to have to go tell Jesus how sorry I am. And there's the cycle of struggling, dragging the weights. Or you can go, whoa, I didn't do that because I felt like I would be totally alone then. Jesus, what do you want me to know about that? It's a preacher's struggle. I want to stand up in front of you, take out my Bible, read you some verses, and say, do it. Just try harder. Work more. Give it the effort. Set a goal. Okay. Uh, good, but. That doesn't touch this at all. So I, I, I thought, you know, before we get to where we go into a four-week church-wide Bible study where we meet, you know, every... We want the whole church to, to get involved this week or next week in a life group, to be meeting for those four weeks, and to learn more about the Holy Spirit. We want to learn more about the Holy Spirit, what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. But that's four wasted weeks. Yeah, you're smarter. And some of you not smarter. Some of you already know some of the stuff we're going to talk about. Smarter is good, but smarter doesn't do anything about those guys. So I wanted you to be aware of what goes on so that when you get to John 15, 4, in your first Bible study, I'm the vine, you're the branches, without me, you can do nothing. I believe that. Wow, I'm, I'm humble before God. Without Jesus, I can do nothing. And these guys over here are yelling, that's garbage. I've been taking care of myself since I was five and my dad left. I don't believe that. I believe this more. And when that gets stirred up inside of you and me, we ought to stop and say, why do I believe this more than I believe? This is the problem. The victorious faith journey is not about striving harder, struggling more, and getting serious. See how I got those three S's in there? Alliteration. Pastors need to do it, okay? It's not about striving harder, struggling more, getting serious. The victorious faith journey is about owning my stuff. These are my glasses. No one put those glasses on me. I put them on when things were happening in my life. They're my glasses. Well, my, my dad beat me with a stick three times a week. That's a good observation. But how'd that make you feel? Like glasses. Own it. I need to own my stuff. Then I need to surrender my effort to fix this or try harder. And I need to submit what I really believe. God, I, I believe that, but I believe this more. What do you want me to know about that? The more I submit and cooperate with God, the less the faith journey will be a struggle and the more I'll know Jesus. How can I get a sense of these guys starting to go away? 
Oh, when the peace of God that transcends all understanding starts to guard my heart and mind. Sometimes all I have to do with folks is just say, I'm not even sure why I'm here. I says, well, then just sit for a minute. Tell me what's not peaceful and calm inside. Well, it's not peaceful and calm that the blah, 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 and off we go into this world. Okay. One last slide. You don't have a relationship with Jesus? You're going, well, I came today, but I, I haven't got that. I got a whole bunch of this. This I got. That, I haven't got that. Well, I want you to know something. And it's true, whether you believe it or feel it or not, that God demonstrated his love for you in this. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. God already sees great value in you, enough to sacrifice Jesus to have a relationship with you. But I don't feel the truth is will help you with that. Jesus, I believe, but. Would you stand with me, please? I'll ask the band to come up. And like I said, I, I really will email that to you. If you'd like to go, oh man, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. Yeah, there was. There's a whole bunch of li list of things that, oh, I recognize that. Oh, I felt that. Oh, I, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So for those of you who don't have this relationship with Jesus, man, choose to believe. Sit in the chair. But then, once we have the Holy Spirit indwelling, and the most of us do, then let's recognize that the struggle is primarily over here, being transformed by the renewing of what I really believe. So that I don't end up in the dialogue cycle of, God, I believe. I'm really sorry I didn't. God, I believe. I'm really sorry I didn't. God wants to change that in all of us. Father, as we contemplate this moment, most of us in the room believe in you, might even believe you. But we find ourselves saying, I don't feel like a new creation. I, I don't feel like more than a conqueror. I need to try harder to believe that. Lord, teach us. Teach us instead that what you would want us to do is go, what do you believe more, Jim? I say you're a new creation. What do you believe more than that? Tell me, son. I've got things to show you. Lord, help us just connect with you for a moment before we close this morning is my prayer in Jesus' name.